Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and every lie you told someone you loved. I'm Alicia Herter, or am I? And I'm Tara Keck. Liar. You dog dirty liar. You. What do dogs have to do with it? Dogs be lying. Dogs be like, have you seen a dog? You are so right. They, they lie about everything. They're lying about. I need to pee. They don't need to pee. No. I need to go out. They don't need to go out. That man's going to uh, kidnap you and take you into his van. Row, row, row. No, he's not. No, he's, That's our Nate. That's my husband. <laughs> we love him. <laughs> On today's episode, yokai, which is in the news, and a, and a, and a three quick spells, and a three quick spells, just, a, just a, a three a B. <laughs> we three a and this little piggy went, wait, 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 all the way the fuck out of here. I'll do it one more time, but I know you love that one. I want to keep that one. Go ahead, though. On today's episode, yokai, which is in the news, and three quick spells for more money. You're giving us three? Three quick. Boom, boom, boom. Swift. Gone. <laughs> Are the spells quick or is the money coming quick? I fucking hope both. Honestly. (laughs) These are fast, but it is a five-year plan. (laughs) (laughs) But really, open an IRA. Like... (laughs) Nothing's going to help you. You need to get a Robin Hood account. Do something. We are in a bear market. Buy now. <laughs> Just grizzly bears everywhere. <laughs> with shotguns. Buy the bears. <laughs> Take one home with you. Yeah. The dividend you couldn't imagine. <laughs> Dividending your life. Oh, because of the bear. Right? Because claws, yeah. Yeah. Eat, no, mouth. Mm-hmm. Bad. Honey. Oh, Sticky. I like this word association game. <laughs> we should play more word association. Okay, let's start. Okay. okay. Uh, I'll start. I'll start. Um, grass. Green. Well, that was easy. Okay, sorry. All right, all right, all right. Hamburger. Gross. Uh, Sloppy. Sloppy Joes. Sloppy Hoes. Middle school. <laughs> Did you get that from Sloppy Hoes? Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe people called young girls whores in middle school and hoes and sluts she's such a slut that bitch is 11 and she fucking doesn't look like it her titties are out she's walking the, these hallways she doesn't even know she has titties she's 11 i knew she I just had titties got them. At 11 once they popped they popped once those titties popped it was like fourth grade the fucking jingle. like boom she's it don't stop <laughs> she don't stop it's a wiggle wiggle from here <laughs> until i die <laughs> mama how are you i'm doing well i went to the westminster dog show which we talked about like slightly before this tell us everything you met a celebrity you met several i met the pugdashians famous instagram pugs the padak pugdashians it was incredible it was a childhood dream and i realized that i too an idiot can go anyone can go you know (laughs) i was like oh shit Bought tickets. I went. I got sunburnt. It was worth it. The Maltese dog that won the toy section, I saw it get picked from Best of the Breeds. I saw it beat out all the other Maltese motherfuckers with its beautiful white hair. <laughs> and it's gliding. Oh, when they walk, they like glide. Yeah, yeah. They look like ghosts. It's kind of crazy. That's how you, I remember I, I used to do, I showed um, Coco. And that was like a big thing is like their gait. Because, like, they have to walk in a specific way. You showed Coco, you showed your dog? I used to do dog shows. Oh, oh, I thought you meant you showed Coco your dog, the Maltese, and you were like, why can't you <laughs> walk like this? Why can't you be more like him? <laughs> he glides, he floats. <laughs> it's a one, it's a five, six, seven, eight, and not a beat more. So, okay, continue. What did you wear? Oh, I wore like a beautiful skirt and, you know, a nice top and a necklace. And we got Mm -hmm. sunburnt around the necklace, but it was all worth it. Mm -hmm. It was all so worth it. And they were so cute. Like horses? I bet you could, 
but I didn't see anyone actively doing it. That's mm-hmm. probably like back at the hotel sort of situation. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of hard because best of breed, it's like you only get one. And then you get like the best of the opposite sex, but they don't go on to the Westminster. It's just the one dog of the breed. So is it? I learned a lot. Question. Yes. Is it that when you, the best in the breed can be any sex Mm -hmm. and then it's like the opposite sex. So it's like if the Maltese is a female, Mm -hmm. then it's like the best boy. But if the Maltese is a male, then there's like the best girl. Yes. Like husband and wife. And so the Westminster is kind of archaically set up because they want you to buy purebred dogs. Mm -hmm. So by the dog being in the Westminster, it's like, oh, this is like a champion of the breed already. Okay. So having like the best girl pug won and then the opposite sex was a boy. So the opposite sex is like, oh, he is the one to impregnate all these other bitches. So that we can have super champion puppies and sell them very expensively. Interesting. Oh my God, at one point. So, bitch, guess how many pugs there were? 30 pugs. 40 something pugs. What? Yeah. I thought I was was overshooting. 48 or something pugs. That's. It was the most amount of dogs in any category, was the pug category. I was in fucking heaven. It was like two hours of watching these pugs, like, walk around this ring. Glide. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't gliding. <laughs> Bugs don't glide, mama. And, oh, what was the point I was trying to make? There were so many. There were so many. It was like a dream. It was a dream come true. Seems like heaven. It really was. The sound of their wheezing. Oh. Uh, acapella. Oh. Yeah. Like, ba, 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 baran. It was so they were so cute. Aww. I died. I died. And I was like, I just want one. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the, the boy pugs are so much bigger than the girl pugs. The girl pugs are so tiny in comparison. I just thought they were all the same fucking size. But when you see them, like, you're like, oh, it's very different. <laughs> it's oh, no. a completely different sized dog than the girls. Like, can you show me? Give me, like, it was watermelon like, to... Boys were, like, here... And girls were like kind of here. Really? So it's like a few inch difference. Yeah. Okay. So the boys was probably like, what is that? Two penises, three. And then the girls were more like two. Yeah. But only if they're kissing end to end. What what do you mean? Tail to snout? No, I'm thinking the penises. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not like. There was no. Like Lincoln Logs. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) You have to get the Speaking of balls. Yes. The dog judges have to touch the balls of the male dogs. Did you know this? I didn't know this. <sighs> we saw this. <laughs> and Marcel was like, that dog got assaulted. <laughs> Somebody needs to fucking me do this. to say something. And I was like, they're not going to say anything. They all want to win. Like, oh, my God. No, no, no. So what they do is, I guess, for specific breeds, they need to make sure their balls have dropped far enough for the purity of the breed. Because they're choosing the best, what exemplifies the best of the fucking breed. And the best of the breed is the lowest balls. You got to you gotta, a twiddle the dangles, you know, a tweet the Ds. They better be dragging. They better be fucking swiffering this Some whole the, place. I was like, I don't think I could have a dog with balls. No, it's, un, it's upsetting. I thought you were going to say it's unethical. <laughs> it's on. It is there also. are children in this world. That's rude. No, they're like so big. Yeah. Bigger than you would ever want. Like, truck nuts? Not even big enough. No, not even. It was, like, aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt assaulted. Shiny. Oh, yeah. Oiled. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So you would show Coco? Yeah, I used to show little... Coco at, and 4-H. 4-H so, dog shows. So, so cute. He, we did um, showmanship, which is the one where you, like, walk around and they touch them all over and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the balls. He didn't have any balls, thank God. We got rid of the balls <laughs> early. So he was never going to be best in show. That makes sense. Um, and then we did agility, which is where they, like, jump through hoops and yep. stuff. And then we did obedience, which is, like, sit, stay. And Coco would um, won reserve grand champion in agility his first year. Wow. I was, like, 10. What a champion. Both and, of you. And there's like a picture of me with all my ribbons. Stop. Yeah. Like That's I, so cute. I've got like those dorky like 2001 like tiny circle glasses. I and love that. It's like the worst haircut possible. I look like um, 
the oatmeal man quaker oats oh i love that that's good we watched one of the junior showmanship ones because you have a lot more dogs and it's teenagers kids doing it and there was this one little girl and she was like maybe 10 red business suit attire dress suit (gasps) hillary she didn't win and she was pissed (gasps) she put on her best suit oh she was (laughs) marcel said (laughs) she she looked like she was about to take that dog out and shoot it (laughs) because that's how (laughs) mad she was She's going to be a champion. This bitch is going to rule the world. <laughs> she's going to be president. So like, she's going to sue us one day, so it's fine. <laughs> but I was like, damn, I want her courage and like moxie in a bottle. Yeah. Put that in a she pill. She was fantastic. Yeah. The kids did great. I loved, I loved watching them. All they right, were so professional. Sprinkles. Put your head down. <laughs> I'm going to cover you in this pillowcase. <laughs> Count to three. We're not doing this again next year. Yeah. It was crazy. How are you doing? What have you been up to? Oh my to? God, nothing I have ever done and will ever do will amount to the excitement, <laughs> the joy. I don't think anything I do ever again will amount to this joy. Should we unless die? I just, I think I should become a dog handler. <laughs> <laughs> I think I should switch careers, honestly. Yeah. What about cat? Have you ever been to a cat show, though? They have those. No. I wonder what I those haven't. are like. That'd be fun. Yeah. Because. Sounds really stupid. <laughs> Making cats do things? Yeah. Ridiculous. I would love to see that. Yeah. It just made my little, like, elementary school heart, like, so happy because I was the girl who would check out dog fancy and cat fancy yes. when we went to the library. Aww. I never read any fucking books. I just read magazines about how to take care of your purebred dog. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm like, yes. <laughs> This is what I've been waiting for. Like all of your knowledge, like deeply rooted inside your core memory. Like I was like, emer- I know what that dog is and that dog is and yeah. that dog is. I was like thrilled. I can, t- I can tell that that shampoo had parabens in it when they washed that poodle. Oh, that was the best part was like watching everyone like groom the dogs before they went on. Or like they would have a little fan off to the side and they'd bring it for the dog to cool them down. Aww. And one bitch even had like a comb that she would like use on the dog and then she'd put it in her hair and keep to keep it there to keep it there and her hair was a disaster <laughs> it was a fucking mess dude and then she would whip it out of her hair do it on the dog again and put it back in she did not win no <laughs> she should be coming with little girl in red pantsuit and exactly i know i was like damn it was crazy fuck Anyways, tell me about what, what, what are you up to? I mean, like, I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> I moved into my new studio. Amazing. I'm excited. I'm just kind of like trying to figure out what my studio practice is going to look like for the like next like six months. And then, of course, like next year, which I'm hoping to make some like really big moves and some big changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to say that I loved our most recent episode on Dragon Kings on our Patreon. Yes. Led and directed by the beautiful Alicia Herter. Thank you. The Chinese Dragon King. Yes. Now on Patreon. And then next week. Is the dramatic tale of the 2015 Bone Thief of New Orleans. Ooh. Which I have been trying to do for years. And I'm so excited I got to do it. It's drama filled. It is drama filled. It's, it's peak. 2015 like before all the bad stuff happened it was just like getting ready yeah tumblr was like the last great meme of 2015 guys guys witches witches attention alicia and i have been paid this episode is brought to you by blessed be magic Blessed Be Magic creates discreet, beautiful talisman jewelry for witches crafted to remind you of your magic with over 700 five-star reviews, they ship worldwide with fast and free shipping within the U.S. I can attest to this. We got our orders within a week. Within a week. Easy, fast, boom, boom, boom. I was like, are they going to do it? They did. Can they do it? Is it possible? <laughs> and baby, it is. I, I just have to brag. I have the triple goddess pendant necklace, and I absolutely love it. It's fashionable, yet not flashy or gaudy. You know how I feel about that stuff. I could wear it with a nice dress if I remember going out or even in a more casual, like, summertime outfit. Oh, so cute. So versatile. And now I just want to say that if you're not sure where to begin, you can shop 
by intention on Blessed Be Magic. Interested in adding some protection magic to your wardrobe? Blessed Be Magic offers a pentacle rope bracelet and a triquetra pendant necklace. So I didn't know this, but the triquetra symbol is also known as the rune of protection and represents the threefold nature of existence. Our favorite, Mother Maiden Crone. We also got Body, Mind, and Soul and Past, Present, and Future. Blessed Be Magic offers tasteful witchy designs, budget-friendly prices, and... A discount code for Witch Yes Baby Witches. Just for you. Ooh la la. Use code Witch Yes 15 for 15% off all full price talisman jewelry at blessedbemagic.com. And that's magic with a CK. A wink. That's the CK sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. And we're back. Man. I got to get on that seizure medicine. <laughs> I don't know where I go. That's not me, baby. That's <laughs> not me. <laughs> we hold hands. It's not me. <laughs> it's the sickness. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. You want to just do this? Yeah. I want to hear. So you've done all the research. I don't know anything. This is yokai. This is yokai. Okay, and so you- far I've got yokr. <laughs> That's all I've got from this. Um. Do you have any idea what yokai are? Have you heard this word before? Uh, only when you brought it up that we should do it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So this is, you are just going in dry. Dry. This is a dry rub. It's a dry season. Well, let me lubricate you. Oh, thank you. So, baby witches. Yokai are a class of supernatural entities and spirits that inhabit Japan. Boom, done. Ah. Easy. Love this. Throughout time, they've been called Lots of different things. They've been called Mononoke. Mon- I've seen that movie. Yeah, we are going to talk a lot about this movie. Okay, good. Mono meaning thing and K meaning mystery. Oni or ogres, which generally refers to any dangerous beast, especially of humanoid form. Mm-hmm. Tsukumogami, which is the yokai variety of household objects. Yokai-fied, which seems to be the fate of any object that has survived over 100 years. You'll see things like rice cookers, musical instruments, umbrellas with like big beefy arms and like eyes and sometimes a tail what and bakemono which puts an emphasis on the yokai's ability to shape shift so they're they're moving and grooving oh they're they're morphin and mighty morphin oh okay anamorphin ogre morphin yeah <laughs> mononoke morphin <laughs> mononoke morphin some western researchers have tried to classify them under the moniker of demon and some of them definitely look pretty demonic but they're more closely related to our idea of fairies and otherworldly spirits, sometimes malevolent, but sometimes like real fucking bros. Okay. But it's important to note that yokai are not ghosts, or what scholars call yurei. Yanagita Kunio wrote in 1936 that for the most part, yokai inhabit a particular kind of place, and if you never went to those places, you might never see a yokai. But yurei, or ghosts, can be anywhere because people are dying all day, every day, all over the fucking world. <laughs> we live in the worst possible time period. We live in a tomb. <laughs> One giant cemetery. Dead person there. Dead person there. Yokai, you know, they're up to mischief and they really don't care who runs into all of their mischief making. But Yurei often have a kind of message or goal or reason that they are here. Mm, okay. Like a hit it. What's it called? It's a... The Casper thing. Oh, like you have unfinished business. Unfinished business. Yes. Okay. And um, and then yokai are like, I got business. Ooh. So I just want to read an excerpt from Michael Dylan Foster's book, The Book of Yokai, Mysterious Creatures of Japanese Folklore, which I used heavily as part of my research. Love that. Books. Academic. A true academic here. Hey, listen. I got that JSTOR account. There via you go. our intern. <laughs> we are in, baby. One common characteristic of yokai is their liminality or in-betweenness. They are creatures of the borderlands, living on the edge of town or in the mountains between villages or in the eddies of a river running between two rice fields. They often appear at twilight, that gray time when the familiar seems strange and faces become indistinguishable. They haunt bridges and tunnels, entranceways and thresholds. They lurk at crossroads, which makes me think, this is a Billy Goat's Gruff situation. There's a troll. You're going to have to tell him a password. you got to solve some riddles. Or be like a little billy goat or something. Mm-hmm. Foster also mentioned in his book that it's actually quite difficult to study yokai because while people seem to want to organize them and classify them and write books about them, 
they rarely make it into any like authoritative public records, which means they can morph and change wildly from generation to generation, reflecting the fears and hopes and values of those people in that particular time. And he calls them, I, I thought this was interesting, he calls them a kind of communal intellectual property. It's like anybody can play with it, they can change them, and they can create new ones. Oh. Such is the case with the 1979 Kuchisake Ona, or the Slit Mouth Woman. So I'm going to read you this. This sounds terrifying some of them are very spooky a young woman would walk up to people on the street she'd be attractive but she wore a large white surgical mask over her mouth it could be me you don't know that's true she would tap a stranger on the shoulder and ask am i pretty and then she would remove her mask her mouth would be slit at the corners all the way up to the ears and she would say even like this and then she'd probably eat you. I don't know. They yeah, usually eat people. I don't uh, Yeah. Do you compliment? The, I, this feels like yeah, a game. Do yeah. you compliment the ghost or do you run? Either way. You, you get eaten. It yeah. doesn't really matter. Okay. Cool. So there's a lot of historical significance to yokai, but as shown, there's a lot of room to grow and play with its tradition. Something Yanagita Kunio hit on is yokai's relationship to place. Foster approaches this idea as potentially a reason why we think Japanese culture has more monsters than others. He compared Japanese cultures to other cultures that we think of as having a lot of monsters. So Ireland, mm. full of fairies mm-hmm. and really diverse kinds of monsters. Um, Native American traditions like the Inuit or the Diné tribes, very different environments, but a ton of monsters. And then um, the mythology of the Bantu tribe from Central Africa, tons of monsters. And he said, to a certain extent, I think, this stems from a deep association with a local place. Many such creatures and the stories told about them are linked to a specific feature of the landscape. Most important, they survive because people choose to continue to tell these stories, to document them, to recreate them, and to keep them alive. And I think on top of that is this sort of one of my personal theories, fan theory. Yes. Is that like if you are a people under threat of like cultural genocide, so you have like um, Japan's period of isolationism or this whole concept of like kill the Indian but save the man policy of the West, you keep your culture alive by telling stories. And what are the best stories to tell? Like what are the ones that your children are going to remember? Spooky stories, monster stories. Those are the ones that like burrow their way into your mind. Into your heart even. Yeah, and keep you up at night. Before we get into the list and stories about yokai, I did want to shout out Toriyama Sekien, the first person to ever create a codex of yokai. So this is like the Pokedex this of yokai. This is literally, Ooh. he is Professor Oak. Oh my god! And we are Ash Ketchum and Misty. That's crazy. So art history nerds will find it interesting that Sekien, real name Sano Toyofusa, retired from the Japanese military, the Tokugawa shogunate, to become an artist. Of course he did. He, of course. Just like all... Uh, men of power at the time. <laughs> he studied at the Kano School, which was a big deal. And I just want to thank John Shostak for giving me a 100% in my art history class in grad school. Ooh. But he was never formally recognized as a Kano School painter, which is drama. Oh, this is juicy. So he takes the Kano School style, steal it. Yum, yum, yum. What does that mean? It's like a particular way of painting particular things. It's like okay. a certain style. And you also use certain iconography. So like... Kano school often had this element of like the oak tree and then the oak tree roots looked like dragon claws and it had a lot to do with like time and history and tradition. Okay. Yada, yada, yada. Great. So he takes the Kano school style, translates it to ukiyo-e prints. So it's like uh, woodblock prints. Thank you. This is all for me and the dumb ones on no, which he has no, listening. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. So he takes, he basically takes his painting style mm-hmm. and translates it into woodblock prints so it can be mass produced. So he's like, fuck you and fuck your uh, money. I can do it my own. Opens his own Etsy. Yes, yes, exactly. And in 1776, while we're having a time over here in America, <laughs> he makes this like demonologist-like fully illustrated codex of known yokai. That's crazy. And it's beautiful. That's such a better use of time than the American Revolutionary War. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Now, historians have studied this text because it's like a serious piece of folklore right but it's also styled kind of as a parody of like serious formal encyclopedias at the time so on the one hand Sekian's like I'm actually studying this thing and this is important artwork but also I'm a bit of a comedian yeah but like is it satire is it farce like exactly playing with mediums here and I think that this book is important for two reasons because 
of course, it solidifies like the public's image of what ancient yokai look like. It's it's like, you know, we've been telling the story and everybody has kind of their own flair. But once it's like in a picture, you can be like, oh, yes, the scary naked man that comes out <laughs> on the full moon. Um, but also it's important because of what yokai didn't make it into the book. And those are the ones that are like lost to time Ooh, that we may never know about. That's crazy. Okay. Any questions so far? Yes. Okay. No, you can't catch it in a Pokeball. Okay. Well, that was one question. Or in a bottle, like a genie. Can nope. you catch it at all? Nope. No catching. Okay. Uh, lasso? No. Tried it. Okay. Okay. Second question. Mm-hmm. Spirited away. Yep. Were those yokai? Oh, I'm going to get into it. <laughs> you read my fucking mind, Oh, girl. my gosh. I'm so excited. Okay. Okay. Before we get into Hayao Miyazaki, I'm going to tell you the types of yokai. Oh, please Because people do. have been trying to organize these forever. Third question. Yeah. Real fast. Uh-huh. Is this tied into animism since it was talking about chairs other things yeah I think so I that didn't I didn't run into that in my research but I think it's like the idea of like the tree is alive mm-hmm. and um you have all of these elements of like nature spirits but then you have like oh yeah my living umbrella <laughs> my living <laughs> that can eat me <laughs> yeah my like tape measure that is a hundred years old and now it has sentience and wants to fuck oh no pointy Yeeks. so these are the classifications of yokai created by folklorist Tsutomu Emma One, human. Like the slit face. Yes. Two, animal. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. a pug. Like a pug. Three, plant. Like that tree over there. Love that. Ooh, is it bigger? Has it always been that big? Yeah. Tree looks great. Thank you. Looks well taken care of. I've been working on it. Yeah. Four, artifact. Umbrella. Five, structure or building. The whole building can eat me now. Yeah. We're in its tummy. Um... I forget when. Oh, six. Natural objects or phenomenon. So wind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then seven. What's this called? Miscellaneous or appearance compounding more than one category. So plant animal. Human animal plants artifact. Stru- structural human. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> There's also a secondary classification system that's similar to the way that we classify Greek nymphs, which is by location. So you've got Yamanoke, which is the mountain yokai. Uh, Michinoke, path yokai, kinoke, tree yokai, uh, mizunoke, water yokai, uminoke, ones that are in the sea, particularly not like just river, mm-hmm. in the sea yokai, yukinoke, that's the snow, otonoke, which is like sound, and then dobutsunoke, which is animals either real or imaginary. So really there's no like getting away from them. They're everywhere. They are everywhere, but it does seem like they ha- they like haunt particular rivers like every river is supposed to have like a river yokai like a dragon or whatever which Mm -hmm. i think we kind of talked about in our dragon episode it's hard to get away but also i think it doesn't seem to me like there's a ton in the city city city-based yokai no city yokai now i want to with tradition nearly 250 years ago sekian's codex of yokai opened with the kodama or the tree spirit yokai so this is the one that we're going to start with beautiful sekian's illustrations show a little old lady greeting an old man as they stand in a wisp emerging from a tree can you see it it's a Mm -hmm. little vague it reads it is said that when a tree reaches the age of 100 it has a kami that will show its form oh The Japanese word kodama can also mean echo, which is directly related to the history of yokai because there is a belief that the echo itself is the spirit of the woods responding to a call. That's pretty cool. Yeah. In 1997, my second favorite director, Hayao Miyazaki. How second? Oh, my first. Is me? Is Alicia Herder. Stop! Oh, I walked right into that. Guys, that wasn't in the notes. (laughs) I swear. Oh my gosh. Hayao Miyazaki used the legend of the Kodama in his film Princess Mononoke. And so those little like tinkling children of the forest are a contemporary reimagining of the Kodama tree spirit. They're so cute. All right, coming up next, Oni. Oni. As previously mentioned, are what we would consider demons or ogres. They're huge humanoid creatures with any number of horns on their head, clawed hands, huge teeth, and usually wearing a tiger skin loincloth because they just fucking vibe that way oh i love that their skin or fur is usually red yellow or blue because they love primaries and they are bold (laughs) and they will do things the oni are an embodiment of our fears anger resentment and the dangers of the worldly existence they are immensely powerful violent and their favorite food is unfortunate humans (laughs) 
But oftentimes their defeat kind of reveals this bumbling stupidity about them as if to say that the world isn't all that scary if you face it head on. Mm. They're a foil to what is good in society. And I I like this concept of that they are the anti-person. They are the antithesis of humanity. Oh, wow. Oni are first depicted in the Jigoku Zoshi, the Hell Scrolls, which are a wild ride if you're into like demonology and underworlds. They are vivid, disgusting, but also kind of silly. That sounds like a good episode. Oni are often portrayed as masculine images of power, but there are a few stories of female Oni, and I wanted to share one with you. Yes. Women of power, anti-people. With horns and loincloths. And anger. So this comes from 1222. It's a long time ago. What is this? What were you doing in 1222? I was... How old was your dad? (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. I mean, my dad's 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 dad. I can't even... How many dads would that be? Like, that is 800 years ago. Is that 800 dads? Wait, do you get a dad every year? You get (laughs) a new dad every year. It comes in the mail. It's like 600 dads. It's like an insurance card. It's like one of those free credit cards that they're trying to sell you all the time. (laughs) Those are all dads. Yeah. (laughs) You have to activate it. (laughs) This is uh, from the Kankyo no Tomo. In the province of Mino... A young woman is abandoned by her lover in a faraway province. <gasps> Scandalous. I can't believe it. Uh, men, they've always been doing this. But why? Rude. Heartbroken, she quietly and without fuss takes to her bed and refuses to eat. Good for you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking make a stand. <laughs> Moments before starving to death, she reaches over to her nightstand for a jar of millet jelly. She ties up her hair into five knots and smears her entire head in the jelly. She then allows it to dry, sticking straight up, turning them into horns. Then she slips on a red skirt and vanishes into the wilderness, never to be seen again. Oh, I love that. I love when a woman just breaks. (laughs) Shatters. (laughs) Becomes a demon. 30 years later, one Alicia worth later... Word begins to spread that an oni was terrorizing villages across the countryside. Locals tracked it back to an old temple in the area, and they're like, this oni's going down, and they light the building on fire. I feel like that's not what you do with temples. I feel like you're not supposed to light them on fire. It took us a long time to make this. Yeah. This is a lot of hard work. People come here to pray. (laughs) What emerged from the burning wreckage was, quote, a creature with five horns, a red skirt, bent at the waist and indescribably frightening. The Oni confesses to her true identity and that all those years ago, she left her village to murder the man who dishonored her. But after that, no matter how hard she tried, she could not regain her former self. Oh, I thought she was going to say she didn't murder the man. And I was like, bit you wasted all this time. (laughs) That was a lot of jelly. That was a lot of jelly in your hair. She was forever transformed, trapped in a body that was, quote, an eternal pain. That sucks. Okay. Tormented with grief and shame, she leaps into the flames of the burning temple and burned alive. Ooh, must have been very smelly. (laughs) I mean, that jelly was old. Like some beef jerky jelly. Also, 30 years of being topless. What a relief, (laughs) you know? I think that this story is really interesting because Oni are supposed to be like these terrifying, bloodthirsty creatures. But there are like so many stories of them displaying human emotions, notably grief, but also that like woman's path to rage and monsterdom is like irreversible. I feel like in a lot of these stories, once a woman falls into her anger, she is transformed forever. It's very interesting. Just like you can't come back from it or it's just a you make it to that moment and it can just control and consume you mm-hmm. and you have to like keep your emotions in check to like mm-hmm. continue on. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And it's not really a place of power. It's like a place of disgust. Like they talk about how indescribably horrific she looks. Yeah. Not like, wow, look at this fucking hottie titties <laughs> out. Thighs out, buns out. Let's go. Five horns. Ooh, baby. Yeah, it's interesting with the guilt, too, that it's just, like, they're so overcome with, like, guilt and shame about Mm -hmm. what they're doing. Sad. Sorry, babe. Aww. Next up is the Tsuchigumo, which translates to earth spider. That looks stupid. (laughs) It doesn't even have eight legs. It doesn't. And I looked up a lot of pictures of the Tsuchigumo, and they all had six legs. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's just a bug. That is that's a just ladybug. an insect. Yeah. So it's this terrifying giant man-eating spider. And I don't know if these yokai have been reading like the most dangerous game or what, but they all really seem to be in love with eating humans. Tsuchigumo mm-hmm. are interesting because of how they were used politically as an easy metaphor for creatures who should be conquered. So the Tsuchigomo seems originally to have been used as a derogatory term to demonize the indigenous inhabitants of Japan as they were being conquered by its current inhabitants. In contemporary Japan, Tsuchigumo has been used to demonize powerful and corrupt political leaders and their webs that they create are used to as metaphors for sticky webs of corruption. Oh, I love a good metaphor. Next up is the Tengu. Tengu. Now the Tengu are a type of bird-like mountain goblin with a long nose and bird wings that are associated with mountain-dwelling ascetic monks and secret martial arts techniques. Oh, they got skills. They got fast hands. Oh. Catch these fucking hands. Catch these wings. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, historically, they are very anti-establishment, coming down from mountains to torment the powers that be, teaching martial arts and magic, geijitsu, to humans. So kind of like Prometheus-y. Ooh. Buddhists during the 12th century began associating them with the concept of ma, or evil, a false power that pushes otherwise good Buddhists away from enlightenment. Oh, scary. So like kind of satanic as well. Yes. The Tengu are deeply political as well. So oh, I love that. Anti-establishment. Deeply political. <laughs> we got some thoughts and opinions over here, and fuck your structures. Exactly. No capitalism over here. Power to the people. Geijutsu to the people. <laughs> so rival Buddhist temples might depict the leader of another Buddhist faction as a Tengu or a false spiritual leader. Mm-hmm. And then it's also easy to see the Tengu as a kind of anti-establishment underdog character that rejects hierarchies and rebels against the keeping of knowledge. So it's like, we don't like gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. We don't like um, like people having all the power at the top. Fuck the 1%. That feels very up the time, though. It does. Like the more money you have, you can read more. You can like learn things more. And the mm-hmm. poorer person can't have that. And Tengu, like, Tengu would not be like, what's up, Elon Musk, my buddy. He would no. be like, labor rights. Yeah. Uh, Amazon So far, he doesn't sound bad. No, not at all. Well, okay, so here's the problem, though. Oh, okay. The Tengu is associated with this concept of a kamikakushi, a kind of spiritual kidnapping or, quote, spiriting away. <gasps> a what? <laughs> Today's hot button word. Ah, I'm excited. So the whole idea is that there's, like, our world, human mm. world, la, 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 me and you, we're in it, and we're doing things, and then there's a mirror world, a spirit world, or sometimes called the Tengu world. It's got... A lot of the same stuff as us, um, but, you know. I'm really excited about this. (laughs) This is like pug-level excitement. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, uh, Tengus have a problem, though, that they love misfrizzling kids away to the Tengu world. And they don't bring them back? Well, the thing that seems really unique to the Tengu from other child-napping monsters of mythos is that the Tengu picks up the kid, he takes him on a wild weekend ride. (laughs) A bender, some may say. (laughs) And then he drops them back off in the human world, but usually somewhere weird, like the top of a tree or in an attic. Like, like, how did you get here? (laughs) This isn't your house. And the child rarely remembers anything other than like they're minding their own business at a festival or walking home from school when an adult man will say, hey, you want to see a puppy or like some other dumb shit. And then it's like, whoops, here I am. (laughs) I'm on the top of of a saguaro. Wow. Now you might be thinking that I can't even visualize this dumb fuck, Tengu. What does this dude look like? But if you have a smartphone, you do know what the Tengu looks like. He's that weird little big-nosed red guy next to all the other demons in your emojis. Why are there so many demons in the emojis? I don't know. This guy's an OG. He is. He really is. I just want to look at my emojis now. Where you at? Where you at? Oh, yeah. He's like top row for me. You use him a lot. You are very familiar. Yeah, he's next to the the dollar sign guy with the tongue out. What are, what are your top? What's your top row? Let's see. Of most used. <laughs> well, we have the purple heart. That's very me. Yeah. We've got the because she loves the military. <laughs> She's a military. Wife. No, I love oh, the Westminster. Their colors are purple. <laughs> they had a purple carpet, and I was like, these are my people. <laughs> I feel this. Then I have the one that's the smiley face with the hearts, but like you're feeling loved, that one. Mm-hmm. Sunglasses. Cause Wait, just sunglasses? Or just yeah. sunglasses. Mo- no, okay, all right. Right now we've got a rainbow, but you know it's Pride Month. Mm-hmm. A flower. And then I have the one where he's rolling his eyes. That's my top row. Sassy. Mm-hmm. I'm a very sassy bitch. 
the shrug emojis also are, that's like a, a second row. <laughs> I never know what's going on. So I was thinking about the Tengu. And I was also thinking about the concept of being spirited away. And there is a big-nosed magical creature that can transform into a bird in Hayao Miyazaki's Spirit Away, and that's Yubaba. <gasps> and I looked it up, and I was wrong, because Yubaba is not a Tengu. Really? She is a different kind of yokai. She's actually based off the yokai called Yamauba. Oh. So Yamauba, or Yamamba, is a mountain witch. Literally, Yama being mountain and Uba being old lady. She's up in the mountains and she's doing weird mountain shit. And Yama Uba is very similar to the Baba Yaga in the sense that she's fucking chaotic neutral. She is all pleasure all the time. Oh, I love that. She chases her bliss. Yes, mama. There are a lot of stories of her eating children and livestock and oh, cursing good. travelers who might come across her mountains with like bizarre otherworldly illnesses. But there are also a lot of stories about her assisting in farm work and specifically spinning thread, which she mm. does in Spirited Away. Oh my God. It's all connecting. <laughs> I am Charlie Day. Yes. The Yama Uba is very interesting to me because of this ambiguity. And I think Michael Foster from the Book of Yokai really hit it on the head that the Yamauba yokai can have like these dueling identities within the same region. Like she's a bitch, she's a lover, she's a child, she's a mother. Love it. And it's not that she like, you know, she's not just like a self-sufficient woman who does not live within society. It's that she's a woman who cannot live within society. She is also literally representing the mountain in the sense that she is both the source of wealth and food and water. She's benevolence. But also the mountains are a dangerous, uncharted place that civilization cannot tame so that's malevolence because of this contemporary feminist discourse has used the yama uba similar to how they've used medusa as an icon that rejects the strictures of patriarchal society i want to be yama uba also she's fucking hottie yeah look at those wrinkles she could keep so many things in there coins and she's lipstick. got so many jewels yeah. she is a jeweled up lady i want to have as many rings and as strong of talons as Yubaba. too yeah powerful oh the big big hair big yes. god hair do, 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 do. All right, so Alicia, there are so many yokai that I really think that we could do several episodes. Like this was like, I didn't even That's get exciting. into the weird chair yokai. Oh, thank God. I was like, I'll save this for later. Because then I'd have to stand for the rest of the episode. And Oh, no. Not good. But something that came about is like, I just, some of these yokai, I was like, Sekian's fucking lying to me. These are not real. This cannot, this is too ridiculous. Okay. So I present to you once again. Oh. A game. A game? Called Yokai or Not. <gasps> so I'm going to... Yo so, yo or yo-no. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Amazing. Excellent. Produced. Got it. Okay, so I'm uh, I'm going to give you some yokai. Okay. I know the answers. You don't have to. You can look. I'm, oh. I'm going to highlight them and color them. Okay. I just didn't want you to look ahead of time. Oh, got it, got it. Um. Okay, so I'm going to give you three yokai. Okay. And you have to tell me which one is a... No Kai. It's a no Kai. Got it. So you made up one of them. I made up one of them. Okay, let's see. First up, Gangoro, a female yokai with brilliant white hair who loves shiny objects. Okay, Gangoro. Okay. Ninmenju, a tree with baby heads instead of flowers that can't speak but instead only laughs. That is so scary. That has to be real. Ninmenju. Asuki Arai, a creature that washes beans in a river and sings. <laughs> Never seen... <laughs> Only heard. Asuki Arai. I want to say Ganguro is a no-kai. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer for this. Ganguro is not a yokai. It is actually a fashion trend in Japan where women tan their skin, bleach their hair, and wear only white makeup. Oh. As a way to protest against uh, like this really, really light skin, really, really dark hair aesthetic of Japanese. Oh. Uh, elevated it's also maybe a little bit racist but you know oh, hey i don't know i'm learning something here i All love right. that okay but let's talk about this bean creature <laughs> it is a, it is a can what i look are we it up doing here yes this is the picture of it is so silly i can't handle it like a tree with baby heads instead of flowers that can't speak but only laughs made so much sense that that was a yokai but this creature that washes beans in a river and sings, never seen, only heard. <laughs> this is so Bitch, stupid. Look at this fucking picture. It was so specific, though, that I was like, that has to be real. Hold on. I have to copy again. Hold on. Okay, I think you have to scroll down. Look at this psychopath. 
Oh, my beans. <laughs> my beans. But he's got really hairy, like, forearms and really hairy, like, biceps. Oh, my gosh. And the little claws in his feet. Mm-hmm. My beans. So good. Be, be, be beans. All right. We're one for one. Excellent. Question That's how I like it. Two. Question two. Hyosube, a small, hairy man with a bald head. Okay. Hyosube. Kamaitachi, a weasel that roams the countryside in the form of a whirling sickle. What? Okay. Wakarimasen, an irritable rat yokai that speaks to you in your native tongue but can't understand a word you say. <laughs> Wakarimasen. I want to say Wakarimasen is the nokai in this situation. Is this your final answer? Yes. Ding, 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 bitch. You fucking sniffing me out. Do I smell like eggs? Because I have it all over my face. <laughs> I am the kitsune, remember? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wakarimasen is the Japanese word for I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was very funny that the hyosube is literally just a creepy, small, hairy man with a bald head. And he just yeah. is up to stuff. He just he's walking I around. I love that. He doesn't have a personality. He doesn't have any alignments. No family, no country. <laughs> just chaos. He's a free man. And then... Uh, Kama Itachi is a weasel that... um, In the form of a whirling sickle. I was like, that doesn't even make sense. So this is really interesting because it's actually based off of a natural phenomenon. So it's one of those mixes of um, animal yokai and phenomenon yokai because there are certain parts of Japan where there are like these pressure pockets um, of like, I believe it was explained to me and I'm going to probably get this wrong, so please don't email me, but it's like these certain kinds of wind patterns come together that will literally deleg you. What? Rip your legs off. And people would be like, oh, it's the Kama Itachi. It's like it was this whirling wind that would come by and fucking like slice your bottom half off. What? Mm -hmm. It must be. Your mother nature is up to shit. (laughs) She should not. She was like cutting them down. I guess I can kind of see it. Because it's like surrounded by water. Mm-hmm. Japan's an island. Yeah. So the most terrifying kind of land. One gust one way, one gust coming another way, and some damn mountains. Mm-hmm. I guess I can see that, but oh my God, that's so crazy. Okay, final question. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Which of these is the nokai? Sunakake Baba, an old woman who threatens people by sprinkling sand on them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kubi Kira Uma, a headless horse. Don't like that. Niigate Kome Ononako. A rice plant that steals sweets from children. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to say, I like the idea of this plant just stealing sweets from kids. Mine! I'm going to say Sunakaki Baba is a no-kai. Is that your final answer? It's my final answer. Um, okay, I want you to click this link oh, that no. I've posted. Is it the headless horse? Because I'm really It is scared. not the horse. I would never do that to you. I'm your best friend. <laughs> I want you to turn the volume up. Got it. Okay, so pause really quick. Uh huh. You are wrong. <gasps> the Niigate Komo Ononako is actually an a Japanese idol band, which is the the Niigata Rice Girls. Oh no. The thing that's interesting about the Niigata Rice Girls is that um, they are not girls that they are elderly women rice farmers who have created a Japanese idol band. This is their um, hit song. Stop. Unrequited rice love or whatever. Rice colored unrequited love. Play. We're going to get sued for legal rights. I can't wait to see them. (gasps) They're so cute. They're so cute. Oh, this is the banger part. <laughs> this is better than the new Beyonce. <laughs> Do you have the, the captions on? Yes. <laughs> this like... one says, delish. <laughs> <laughs> they oh, are so cute. They are great. Okay, so that has been 
yokai how are you feeling about yokai baby i love them i think they're so fun and interesting Mm -hmm. i would so be down to do more episodes about yokai because i didn't even know this was a thing Mm -hmm. and i like that they're so diverse we didn't even get into like you said like the chair with beefy ass legs and arms or anything like that giant skeleton there it's like there's so many um like contemporary ones too that we didn't get to get to i just wanted to kind of hit some of the big ones that i I want that book yeah me too and it's fully illustrated it's beautiful (gasps) that's so cool i guess that means that we do get to move on to which is in the news. Yay! Come, 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 come. Delish. Our first news story the Lost Sesame Street episode that was too scary for children. What? Are you ready? I am so scared. An episode of Sesame Street that was removed from syndication for being too frightening to children has been posted to social media sites, YouTube, and Reddit. The episode stars Margaret Hamilton, who revives her role as the Wicked Witch of the West from The Wizard of Oz. The episode aired in 1976, and I'm sure it was scary, since that's around the time adults were airing shit like H.R. Puff and stuff. Shit was just crazy back then. They didn't know. They Th- there was a line. Children were just small adults to them. Exactly. They didn't even care. In the episode, the Wicked Witch donned with, you know, the iconic green face paint that we also know to be extremely racist she has lost her broomstick and so what she does is she terrorizes these children and big bird because what's better than bullying a bird thing yeah so that she can get the broomstick back she needs it she has to have it it's the source of her power it kind of is yeah after the episode first aired sesame workshop received so many complaints from parents about how scary the witch episode was one child named Rebecca had mailed a handwritten letter to Sesame that said, I wish you wouldn't put the witch on Sesame Street anymore because I have been dreaming of that witch again and again and again and again. <laughs> and again and, and again. again. She haunts me in my dreams. <laughs> Most people have seen the clip now don't actually think the episode is really that scary. But for some context, because we were... Not even a, not even a bean back then, you mm-hmm. know. How old was your dad? <laughs> what was this? 1976. He was he was kid age, so he was like 12, mm-hmm. 11, something like that. Children in the 1970s just weren't exposed to the same shit that they are now. Yeah, they they were dealing with duck and cover. Yeah, they were dealing with nuclear war, but they were not ready. They couldn't see it visually, you yeah. know, on a screen. They can only like imagine it. And you know, kids today, you know. They've seen Tim Burton films at Are You Afraid of the Dark or Goosebumps. Like, there's so much more scary shit that mm-hmm. our children now are so much more powerful and could fucking beat up Big Bird if they wanted to. They could. And whoop Margaret Hamilton's ass. And, you know, honestly, I watched the clip and the scariest thing about it was like how bad the acting was. Oh. Atrocious. I mean, Margaret Hamilton was fine, you know, icon, but the kids, oof. They did not pick their best. They were afraid for their lives. It was not the Mickey Mouse Club. I can tell you that. <laughs> it was not good. This is not baby Justin. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And our next story, the Satanic Temple Arson, which oh you gosh. sent me the story. Yes. I'm, I'm live tweeting this. Yes. In early June, a 42-year-old man named Daniel Damien Lucy took a bus from downtown Boston to Salem, Massachusetts, and he popped in the Satanic Temple on his GPS on Bridge Street. He just like... You know, strolled over there at just after 10 p.m. on a Friday night. Lucy, wearing a t-shirt that said God on it. Fashion. Was captured on a doorbell security camera, dumping lighter fluid onto the front porch, dropping his backpack, and setting the porch on fire. Inside the backpack was a Bible, a copy of the U.S. Constitution, and two quarts of lighter fluid with some sticks. This is weird. It's fucking weird. Also... Aren't you not supposed to burn a Bible? I don't think so. Isn't that like KKK shit? Yeah. Like Isn't that the Russia anti-God? Shit. Yeah. yeah like, I'm very confused. That's like Stalin. Yeah. Lucy then watched as the building started to burn until a police officer showed up to the scene. And you know, once the officer arrived, Lucy tried to sneak away, only to get caught and arrested like almost immediately. Because he's there with the look of gawkers. 
And then once the cops come, he's like, oh, my cue to leave. It was like, you look so shady, dude. Yeah, oh my God. And when arrested, Lucy never asked the simple, innocent question of, why am I being arrested? So it was like, all right, you're fucking guilty ass motherfucker. Yeah. I've seen the staircase. I know what a guilty man sounds like. Mm-hmm. There is significant damage to the front of the building, along with water damage, but no one was hurt, which is very good. Fortunately, the building manager got a notification on their phone at Lucy's arrival. She thought he was just, like, delivering food, something normal. But when she saw what he was doing, like lighting the porch on fire, she was able to get the guests out of the building and call 911, like, almost immediately. Court records show that Lucy has more than half a dozen prior property destruction and burning cases in Boston Municipal Court and was on probation for some of them. So he's just like a bad arsonist. He's terrible. He gets caught all the time. Why would you keep getting caught? It's like, of course it's you. <laughs> what? Standing there with, t- with two sticks. He's also just like, oh, let me put this address in my phone. It, your fucking Google's on. It's tracking everywhere you've yeah. been in the last month. It doesn't make any sense. When Lucy was arrested this time, he said that the satanic temple was full of devil worshippers and that he considered his actions to be a hate crime. Which is pretty condemning, my dude. I, I have is committed like, yes, a hate crime. This is a hate crime. I hate the devil. As of June 11th, Lucy remains in custody, charged with arson of a dwelling, civil rights violations, and destruction of a place of worship. Bruh. He literally just like set himself up to fail. Yeah. I don't know. I just like want my villains to be like good. <laughs> Have there be a couple more steps, like they looped around a couple times or like switched cars. Yeah, and like I don't, wore it a was mask. my buddy, not me. Something, yeah. you know, something. Instead, it's like I have a shirt that says God and I also burned a Bible and the Constitution. I, I don't get it. Yeah. I want to know what the it. other things he's burned are. Like, is it yeah. more like weird, hyper uh, Christian vigilantism? Oh, I bet if we mapped it out, it's like a cross. <laughs> And it, and it, um, it, it outlines um, Jesus's whole body, especially his really big wiener. <laughs> and he's like done a lot of arsons near the like tip. Right there. Yeah. The tip is important. He calls it the fire cross. It's the holy tip. <laughs> <laughs> and our last story today is pardoning Elizabeth Johnson Jr. So we're going to end on a happier note. Remember back in the day that witches in the news we had talked about with a classroom of middle schoolers that went to their senator to get convicted Salem witch trial, which Elizabeth Johnson Jr. pardoned? They did it. Preteens. Preteens. They fucking came together and all their like prepubescent, pubescent glory. Current pubescent. Current pubescent. And they changed the system for justice. Amazing. This past May, Elizabeth Johnson Jr. was formally exonerated 329 years after she was convicted of witchcraft. In a statement, North Andover Middle School teacher Carrie LaPierre, whose students championed the legislation, praised the youngsters for taking on the, over, the long-overlooked issue of justice for this wrongly convicted woman. She went on to say, passing the legislation will be incredibly impactful on their understanding of how important it is to stand up for people who cannot advocate for themselves and how strong of a voice they actually have. So congrats to the kids at North Andover Middle School for sticking up for those who have been left voiceless because they've been dead for like 300 years. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Woo. Yes. The children are our future. <laughs> if only they would wear deodorant. And get off of TikTok. <laughs> Please. Then we could do something. Stop dancing and write your, your senator. <laughs> and that has been Witches in the News. Thank you. Thank you. So many goodies. I know. Delicious. Yum, 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 yum. And now we're going to go to the spell. And we have three quick spells for more money from the Little Big Book of White Spells by Ileana Abrev. So this is the ingredients you need for all three spells. You need some green candles, some alfalfa, and patchouli essential oil. Because you need to, you got to get that stink on. You got to smell good. You got to smell like patchouli. Spell number one, light a green candle every Thursday. Green candles are for growth, luck, prosperity, and success. Thursday is associated with Jupiter, a luck. And it's a great day to do spell work that brings abundance and embraces prosperity. That's it. So Every we Thursday. Need m- several green candles. Thousands. <laughs> Line them up. Millions. Get a shipment every month, like a subscription base. Yeah. Yep. Our 
our new business plan. That's what we should do. Candle subscription for long form witchcraft. Only green candles. TMG. Nobody fucking stupid. Spell number two. Carry alfalfa inside your purse or wallet at all times. Alfalfa is used for health, prosperity, and good fortune. How can I get small quantities of alfalfa? Doesn't it come in small quantities? No, no. I'm you thinking of something else. What are you thinking of, baby? Grass? Sprouts. <laughs> sprouts. Just sprouts. <laughs> I'm just thinking of sprouts. Yeah, I don't know. Just put a bunch in. Maybe it's like the more you have, the better it'll work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stuff my entire person like I'm the scarecrow from Wizard of Oz. You're just like paying with shit with alfalfa instead yeah Yeah. very scratchy yeah why not and spell number three place one drop of patchouli essential oil in your hands because these are your money grabbing hands your diamond hands your diamond hands patchouli is used for money and prosperity love and lust and spells for gaining self-confidence plus it fucking smells good so it's not gonna kill you but that's why they said one drop two drops (laughs) might kill you (laughs) two drops you get kicked off the bus yeah (laughs) one drop only and once again, thank you to the little big book of white spells. Thank you, Ileana Brev. Three quick, easy, I love just no mess. Yeah. Except for maybe this alfalfa situation. Depends on how, Yeah, you know, where we're going with this. How deep into it you want to get. How big is your purse? How big is your wallet? Oh, these are good questions. And to line our wallets and our purses with the love we have for some very special people We would like to thank Marcel Perez, our producer, Mallory Porter, our creative director, Brian Rainey, our resident intern and researcher, and Kevin McLeod for the music that we use in the intro and outro. I'd also really like to thank anyone who has left Apple Podcast Reviews or subscribed to our channels on Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get podcasts. Uh, Baby Witches, I don't want to be a bitch, but I really need you to be a bitch. Be a bitch. That was the story I wanted to tell you. Okay, come on. Oh, come. Okay. We're back to the pugs. Okay. (laughs) We have like four different sets of pugs. It's like 10 at a time sort of thing. And at one point, the judge was like, bring out the bitches. (laughs) (laughs) And then he was like, oh, the pug bitches. And I was like, you know, I stood up. I was ready (laughs) to go into the ring. Shady, just stand up. Here I am, <laughs> and I'm just looking at like my two new friends that I've made, and I'm just like, oh, the bitches. I mean, you know, we laugh. They're like older men. I'm like, oh, okay. That was oh the story. My God, I was like, the bitches. <laughs> I thought this was a family event. It was crazy. Oh my God. Anyways, oh, be the bitch. I'm the bitch. <laughs> Baby witches. I need you to be some badass bitches and head over to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars. And I do need you to write something. It it means everything to me. Mm-hmm. I know it's not a lot for you, but it means a lot to us. Also, did you know, you can now rate us five stars on Spotify as well. Really? You can rate things on Spotify now, yeah. Baby witches, come on, there's no excuse. Get on it. We do so much. Support women, content creators. (laughs) I can't dance for you on TikTok, but I can tell you about that time that uh, I tried to do Think's underwear for my period and it didn't work out. Oh, really? It didn't work out? No, it's a lie. I've never tried them. But I would do it for money if you gave me five stars. (laughs) Or Think's underwear. Or if I had periods anymore. Either send me underwear or give me five stars. I don't know which one, but do one of them. If you want to find me, Alicia, on Instagram, you can go to Alicia period herder. If you want to find Tara on Instagram. You can find me at her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. Or you can go to underscore little moss. That's my private Instagram. And then we are on Instagram at which yes. You can share an episode in your stories. Tag us and we'll feature you in our stories, which no one has been doing lately. Guys. Uh, y'all are really, y'all are really, I know it's summertime. <laughs> and I know your booties are out because that's what I said I wanted you guys to do. Send us your booty. Don't send us your booty. Send us your booty. I'll Maybe. look at it. If you if you trying to you want us to rate your thirst trap and tell you how to improve it, let us rate your thirst trap, and we'll we'll share it to all of our. I want to see trap snatches and ping pongs, and pingalings, and um, ping pong paddles, and Peking duck, and Pekingese dogs, and Maltese dogs. Oh, we're just we're doing it. It's the word association. Yeah, yeah. we're in it. I'm we're so in sorry. It. I fell into a hole. 
<laughs> you can also follow us on Facebook at Witchy Yes, the Facebook Coven. We also have that Hop and Discord server. Adorable. Adorable. Lovely. And if you don't like any of the socials because it's the devil, it is the yokai of modern times, you can always contact us via email at witchespodcast at gmail.com. And we will answer once a month as we do. Yes. Um, you can also find us on Patreon, $5 Patreon, which is and above are getting two extra episodes a month. $10 and above get access to our close friends list and more. Plus, they're getting early access to cool stuff like they know what the next episode is after this. And they've asked a lot of really cute and funny Marcel-specific questions. They are very <laughs> concerned about Marcel. Um, so yeah, look out for those goodies. And... I love it. I guess this has been... Which, yes. Oh, what? Are we... Are you? What happened to us? Are we off? Let's try one more time. This has been Witch Yes. Okay, we're back in the right universe. Okay, okay. I was like, we slipped into the alt world, into the Tengu world for a minute. I am only spirits. Goodbye.